This episode of Avocado and Honey is brought to you by Zenit Journals. Zenit creates custom wellness journals that makes it easier to journal and practice self-care daily. They offer many writing prompts for you to choose from, such as, how can I be kind to myself? Or, what can I let go of? Prompts like these will force you to self-reflect, and that leads to self-accountability, and you know that's what we about over here. Once you choose the writing prompts that speaks to you, Zenit will create and deliver your personalized journal. Use code HONEY for 20% off your first Zenit at zenitjournals.com. That's Z-E-N-I-T journals.com. Now let's start the show. Hey, y'all, it's your girl, Samanji, and welcome to the Avocado and Honey podcast, where we are becoming the best version of ourselves through self-accountability and vulnerability. Go ahead and drink your water. Now let's grow together. If you haven't already, please be sure to check out the previous episode where I share my relationship with money and how I plan on improving that relationship, as well as my experience so far with dating in Atlanta. Um, In today's episode, I plan on giving you an update on my Atlanta living. Also, I want to share some things that I thought were interesting from the Social Dilemma documentary on Netflix, as well as um, being an empath. I want to talk a little bit about that today as well. Okay, so um, I've been here in Georgia for almost a month now. I came out here August 20th, and in about five days, that'll make it a month here. Um, It's been interesting so far. The South is very, very different than what I'm used to because I am definitely a city girl. Like, you know, I'm from L.A., and I lived in New York for those five years, and now I'm just here in the South, and it's different. (laughs) That's, like, the best way to describe it, so... Um, Since being here, like my main focus has been just, you know, finding um, an apartment to start with and just finding like a safe, comfortable place to call home. And which I did like, you know, I'll be moving in um, my apartment tomorrow, actually. And I'm really, really excited. Um, This will technically be my second um, apartment on my own, but I will count it as my first because my actual first one in Harlem, I was only there for three months and I technically wasn't living by myself. Like I had a friend at the time who like kind of moved in when I moved in. So I was never really by myself. (laughs) So I feel like this is going to be like my first official apartment. And what's so interesting about it is that like I was honestly looking for like a studio or one bedroom, just something that's just super affordable while I'm down here to start because eventually I would like to home own some shit like I'm not planning on renting apartments the rest of my life but I feel like it's a great start to like you know learn the city and learn the the do's and don'ts and shit of the south so uh, my plan was just to get like a studio or one bedroom but deep deep down inside I legit wanted a two-bedroom apartment because I wanted to have like an office or creative room so I can do all my creative shit all everything that I'm working on creating and stuff I wanted to have a separate space for it so deep down inside I wanted that and also I want to get a cat (laughs) and I feel like it's important to have a two-bedroom apartment um, to to get a cat because I'll be able to not allow the cat to fuck with all my creative stuff like while I'm making shell monies and things like that I wouldn't have to worry about like the cat fucking up shit so I'll be able to close the cat out and they'll be able to have you know the rest of the apartment have space in the rest of the apartment to do whatever the fuck cats be doing when I'm not around so I'm really excited because eventually I will get a cat like who would have thought like I would become a fucking cat lady but I'm really excited for that I'm really extremely grateful to um, be able to just secure this apartment and to be able to move in tomorrow like I can't stress how grateful I am about that 
So once I'm in the apartment, you know, I'm settled and all that stuff, the next step will be getting a car <laughs> because you do need a car to get around um, down here, which is a given. But I didn't realize how like bad it was like to like commute out here without a car because like in LA, which is still a city, but it's not as like heavy dependent on public transportation like New York. So in LA, I would suggest you do need a car as well. But if you don't have a car, it's still pretty easy to get around. Like it might take you a lot longer to get somewhere, but it's still pretty easy to get around. Like when it comes to public transportation or even just walking to the nearest store, I feel like no matter where you are located in Southern California, there's always like a nice store nearby where you can get like your basic shit. Like out here, that is not the case. Like where I'm at currently, um, in order to go to like the nearest store to get like chips or whatever the fuck the store offers, it's like a 30 minute walk <laughs> just to get to the store. So that's like an hour walking just to get like some basic shit. And then like one day I caught the Uber because like I was like, I don't want to walk today because it's humid as shit. Like I got a million fucking mosquito bites. And then the Uber was like $12 just to go a mile. So I mean, that's not a lot, but it's a lot if you're doing that shit like every other day. And like if you're using Uber every day, like that shit becomes a bill. Like I spent like hundreds of dollars in Uber already. So it's not ideal. So eventually I will get a car and I'm also working on meeting new people and like making new friends out here because since being here um, I've been out a little bit but I haven't explored the way I want to like I'm trying to go hiking and do a whole bunch of like nature shit and just really and maybe I'm not trying to hit the club right now because of like you know COVID and shit like I'm still avoiding um, groups not because I'm scared of getting COVID but I just don't want to be around people period like that like I don't want to be in like closed vicinities with a whole bunch of people and sweating and shit so I'd rather do like find things that are laid back and just finding people who are aligned with the shit that I like like you know there's nothing wrong with partying and shit but I'd rather like you know find people who like hiking and like sitting in grass and burning sage and journaling about their feelings and shit like that like I want to find my tribe so my friend who's in um, Texas, she actually suggested, you know, joining a Facebook group or um, using the site meetup. So I've been looking into that and I feel like I will go ahead and use that as a start um, towards finding like, you know, friends and stuff and just people who are aligned with me because I feel like that's important. Like, I don't want to just have friends just to have friends. I want to be intentional with everybody that I have in my life at this point. Like, you know, I'm tired of all the bullshit. So that's what it's what's it's been like for me in Atlanta but one thing I do appreciate about Georgia is the greenery like I know most states probably have you know a lot of grass and trees and all that shit but it's been refreshing being here coming from New York City where it's not much of that so I'm really grateful to be here I see that I'm supposed to be here um, because everything is just working out for me to stay here so um, I'm looking forward to see what else is gonna happen here what else this this state this city has to offer me so while i've been making masks and doing things for shell monies i've been watching girlfriends and also just like documentaries and other like informative type videos on youtube and one of those documentaries that i did watch is the social dilemma and that's on netflix so the social dilemma they basically got all these like former employees from the tech industry so like the people who like 
were um, hands-on in creating like Facebook and Pinterest and Twitter and all these like popular social media sites and like they're basically breaking down how social media affects us negatively um, not positively at all so they've been focusing on all the negative aspects of social media and I just thought it was really interesting because it's coming from the mouth of the people who created social media so I think it's really interesting one thing that I've already kind of like talked about when it came to social media is just that like how it kind of like social media is kind of changing our perspective on beauty like it's changing the way we see beauty what we consider beautiful and all that shit and we can see it every day like I stopped using snapchat like back in 2017 I think because I realized that I started hating my actual face like if I didn't have that filter you know that one filter on snapchat that like this makes you beautiful um my friend in texas <laughs> shout out to her she actually pointed out like you know oh it looks like they're actually giving you european features like it's making my nose a little longer and making my face like slimmer it has kind of like a like a blue like it's like a blue filter like you know if you use a filter your photo is kind of like bluish that's the filter i'm talking about not like the the cat ears and all that other shit like it was just that one filter that's just supposed to make you look beautiful like that was my main filter that i used on snapchat and i remember trying to take selfies without the filter and i was just like i look fat i look horrible i just wasn't pleased with my actual face and i you know checked myself and then after that i was like i can't use snapchat anymore so um i haven't used snapchat since but like, you know, um, Snapchat is still popular, especially amongst kids. I feel like, you know, our kids and teens and all them, they're the ones that are most affected by this. They're not the ones who's only affected, but they're the most affected because they're using this shit in like middle school and, and stuff when they're the most like vulnerable state, their mind, I believe. So um, I just thought it was interesting. Like the whole Snapchat shit is so intense that there's actually like an official like thing for it like there's an official name it's called snapchat dysphoria so that means that there are people not only like children but like people in general who literally get surgery to look more like the filter that they're using i think that's crazy and i think it's very 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 scary and so like with all this like you know the snapchat dysphoria and all these beauty standards even when it comes just get to getting your body done like you know like i talk shit a lot because i'm not a fan of people getting their body done but i do understand like you know your body your choice all that shit but um i'm not a fan and i feel like <laughs> i should make it clear i try not to judge people who do it but um i just don't like it <laughs> because like i feel like it's self-hate in a sense but I won't go too deep in that because it's just my personal opinion. But I feel like honestly, if we didn't have so many people who are popular with those type of bodies and those people who are just promoting it, saying that like you'll basically have a better life if you get your body done, then most people wouldn't be out trying to get their body done. Like if we weren't on also so if we weren't on social media all day seeing this shit, we wouldn't be basically manipulated into believing that that's the ideal way to go. And if you already feel insecure about yourself, no matter what it is, like if you think your nose need to be different, if you think you know you need to be a little skinnier, whatever type of insecurity you have when it comes to your body being online a lot and seeing all these people thriving online because we don't know how they are mentally in real life or anything but we see them online and it seem appears that they're thriving it appears that once you get your body done immediately you're gonna get all this money you're gonna get a man and all that bullshit but 
obviously that's not the case. So I do think social media definitely plays a part in that when it comes to getting your body done. Again, no disrespect to anybody who got their body done and wants to get their body done, but I do believe you should dig deeper mentally and really be honest with yourself as to why you want to get your body done. And if you're being honest with yourself and do, still decide to do it, then you know, shit, it's your life, do what you want to do. But I feel like people need to be more real with themselves when it comes to getting their body done. Cause a lot of people just saying they just want it just cause, but I don't think that's the case. Not to mention like, you know, when it comes to like social media and stuff, like we like pride ourselves, not pride ourselves, but we basically curate our lives with like a sense of perfection. So, you know, when it comes to social media, we all post, mainly we all post like you know the shit the positive shit that's happening in our life we have some people who's like you know personality is like depression and shit like that so they always post sad stuff but for the most part uh, most people just post like when they're happy and post like all the shit that they're proud of in their lives and all that shit and then like we validate our lives like based off likes and shit so <laughs> I feel like yeah that's just what it is and it's just really interesting because social media is addicting like i did a whole podcast episode um saying like you know trying um saying that i'm going to implement like a dopamine detox because i i caught myself being addicted to social media not necessarily um addicted to receiving likes and stuff but just addicted to being on it period like it was just taking up too much time too much of my day so i was really working on gaining control of that and then through this documentary i'm realizing that you know it's literally designed to do that like it's designed to keep you online it's designed to take up all your time because when it comes to like all this social media it says that like we're in the age of surveillance right so basically they're tracking you they're seeing using your location to exactly like where you're standing um and they're also you know paying attention to how long you look at posts the shit that you like the shit that you comment on and they're using that to basically create ads and stuff to push you to see even more so you can buy things like they're really using this to learn you to a t so they can sell you shit like let me give y'all I feel like we all have stories about like us talking about something and then we get online like probably 10 minutes later and we have we'll see an ad for it like that shit is spooky as hell but I remember one time I was in Harlem and I think I was like I just moved there I don't know what I was in Harlem but I was at like you know a CVS or a Dwayne Reed or something and I was looking at this soap it was in Harlem so um some of the shit was actually locked up which pissed me off so what happened was I was standing in the soap aisle looking at the soaps that are locked up <laughs> and I was trying to decide which soap to get but I decided not to get anything because the shit was locked up and I didn't feel like asking employee to unlock it and shit because I was just pissed at the fact that it was locked locked up to begin with so I was standing there looking at the soaps I was by myself I didn't google anything I didn't talk to anyone about anything um but I was considering the one one soap the one soap that I was standing in front of when I left, I literally had an ad for that exact soap and the exact scent that I was thinking about getting. And at that point, I was like, are these motherfuckers in my mind? <laughs> but after seeing this um, documentary, I realized that they're actually using the location. So, you know, based off the store layout and where exactly I was standing, they were able to see that that's the soap that I was interested in. So once I left, they decided to throw an ad my way which is crazy right <laughs> it's so fucking crazy but that's what the fucking that's the reality that we're living in right now and another thing that i'll say that i'll take away from this um that i thought was really really interesting was just like the addicting aspect of it 
like everyone who's working I sound like a whole conspiracy theorist but it is what it is like everyone that's working in like the tech industry when it comes to social media they know it's addicting like half these fucking tech creators don't even allow their children to use social media or even their devices like that to begin with because they know um, the problems that can come with it which I think is really interesting but um, one fact that is said was when it comes to labeling their customers as users the only two industries that does this is the legal drug industry and the software industry and I feel like that's enough to prove that this shit is literally created for it to be addicting so um, the, the takeaway from this is that like you know to be more in control of your social media like you know if you feel yourself like getting overwhelmed with shit online or if you feel yourself having certain expectations like when you post photos or if you feel yourself feeling the type of way because somebody else posts something like all that shit we have to like kind of just hold ourselves accountable and like gain control over ourselves to do whatever we need to do to not let it like consume us that way because we are in control like you know we are able to not be on our phones if we don't want to like you know if you need to do a fucking uh, dopamine detox every other day then you got to do what you got to do because this shit is crazy so I'm saying all that um because I'm going to be working on doing that because like I said before I do feel at times that I can be addicted to social media and like you know if I'm not feeling well in my real life not necessarily depressed but if i just want to escape or if i'm bored or sad like whatever these like idle emotions that i have and i usually turn to social media to take the pain away or to just like take my attention away from whatever the fuck i don't want to do so i need i will be more mindful of that and move accordingly especially with this new insight y'all this shit is crazy i know i talk really fast but this is just how I talk, yo. <laughs> but um, uh, the other thing that I want to talk about today is um, being an empath. I um, I am a, a fan fan of Mariam Hasna, and she's been posting a lot of shit um, that's just making me really just reevaluate what I think it means to be an empath. Now, this isn't something that happened recently, but. It's just something that I've always been in the back of my mind. Like when I feel shit like this past week, I'm going to keep it a hundred with you. It was like an extremely emotional week. Like I know Mars is in retrograde and a whole bunch of other shit is going on in the universe, but I can't really pinpoint how that shit relates to me feeling all emotional because this has been an interesting week and it was a reminder that I needed to like to remind myself that when I do feel this way when I do feel overwhelmed when I do feel frustrated and all these unpleasant emotions that's the perfect time to do all this shit that I be talking about that's the perfect time to stop meditate that's the perfect time to journal out how I feel that's the perfect time to say affirmations and remind myself of who the fuck I am because in the words of Layla Delia like that's how you take your power back by remembering who the fuck you are so um, that was just something I need to be more mindful of because I did act in certain ways that I probably feel doesn't align with who I am now. So that's just highlighted the work that I needed to do within myself and just being more, again, more mindful that when I'm in these unpleasant situations, like that's the appropriate time to do all this bullshit. I'm not saying like, you know, allow people to walk over you and disrespect you because if you putting your foot down and, you know, saying what you need to say, that's self-love. <laughs> you loving yourself by not letting people 
people disrespect you. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about like allowing my emotions to take over me and for me to react from those emotions rather than like staying grounded and reacting how I should, how I choose uh, to react because that's the only thing we can't control. We can't control other people. We can't control what other people do. We can't control how other people feel, but we can't control how we react to shit. So I feel like there's like a high vibing way to react to certain things. And that was another thing that I've been working on this past week. But back to being an empath. So I feel like the, the word empath gets thrown around a lot. Um, I call myself an empath because after reading, you know, shit online of the description or definition of an empath, I was like, this is how I feel. So I'm an empath. So um, I've been calling myself an empath a while for a while. I do consider myself um, an empath still, but I'm working on actually moving like a true empath and not let it letting an empath. Basically, what my idea of being an empath was um like you know months or years ago was the fact that like you know i can feel how other people feel like i'm intuitive i can literally you can walk in a room and i can i can tell you how you feel by just the energy alone so back then what i normally did was take on other people's emotions so if i had a friend or just someone in the vicinity or whatever and if for example they felt sad or depressed or whatever like i could be in a good spirit but like if i'm in that space for too long i would literally take their take on their emotions and become whatever the fuck they're feeling so if i'm around someone who's like depressed and feeling all this shit and telling me shit that they've gone through i would literally feel their pain for them and then that doesn't do me any good because now i'm in a shitty space as well and so like most times i would feel sad and feel all these like unpleasant emotions and not really understand where they're coming from or if they're even mine to begin with I've been moving from that space and truly like trying to figure out what it means to be um, an empath. So I want to read something that Mariam Hasna posted on her Instagram. She also has a whole video um, breaking down like what it to her because, you know, everybody is speaking from their experience. And I do understand that, like everything people say, it doesn't mean like it's the word. It, it is what it, it they say it is because everyone is speaking from their experience. But I relate to everything she's saying so that's why it's it's becoming my reality as well and I kind of want to move the same way she did but like you know make it my own because I don't <laughs> I don't want to keep doing that like I don't want to feel other people I mean I don't mind feeling other people's sadness and feeling people's just energies and emotions in general but I'm working on not making it my own because I don't have to like it's the difference between like having empathy and then taking on other people's emotions like I can understand why you feel that way I can understand why you do what you do but that doesn't mean I need to do what you do and feel exactly how you feel like I can offer you support and maybe some words of encouragement or even tips on how to move forward but I don't need to take on those feelings and do it with you type shit. Um, one of some of the shit that she wrote on her Instagram post and this post was like from back in July I just like screenshot it because I just related to it so much so here he goes if you're constantly diagnosing others assessing their true feelings reading their mind feeling their emotions for them and giving them advice that's not empathy that's enmeshment there is a growing sense that the mainstream model of empathy would benefit from a more holistic definition. 
I've often said I have no interest in any framework of empathy that does not include having empathy for ourselves. When we fail to balance empathy with self-empathy, that is a sign of wounding and poor energetic boundaries. When we lose our center, we lose touch with the reality that I can feel with you, but the experience is yours, not mine. And I have my own separate experience. When we drown in others' experience, we become chronic rescuers or live vicariously through their experience. That is called counter-transference, not empathy, because the interpersonal boundary is blurred. I believe skillful empathy means we can tune into a little of what another person feels without losing our sense of self in the process. When we allow others' energy into our energy field, we lose sight of the fact that the thoughts, beliefs, feelings, emotions, or sensations belong to the other person, not us. In this way, empathy means you can feel in sync with another person without becoming lost in the other person's experience. When we fail to understand this, it's because we have not fully grasped the subtle nuances and complexities of the subtle, the subtle human energy field. In my experience, Mariam Hasna's experience, as well as through many stories I've heard mentoring, training, and advocating for my community of highly sensitive people, I have found a specific link between unhealthy empathy and experiencing harm. Many times our caring nature is the very thing that allow others to manipulate us. These types of interactions usually are a result of an unconscious agreement that the more sensitive, empathic person will do most of the emotional labor, unconsciously reading everyone's needs before they even know they have needs is a type of codependency, overgiving and people pleasing that is ready to be healed. And that's exactly where I was like, you know, basically doing all the emotional labor, labor for everyone. I'm like, I know you feel this way, so I'm going to do the work to help you not feel this way. But in reality, I can't do in the words of fucking hey friend hand the only thing we can do for anyone else is to work on ourselves so if i even if i feel that and try to do it like it's just gonna be a fucking disaster because you can't heal anyone else by doing the work for them like they have to do the work themselves and like you know she said in this last paragraph it's kind of like a codependency like you know feeling the like feeling the need to be needed is the codependency and it's something that I've just been working on just period so I'm not I wouldn't say that I'm there and if I am I'm still like you know weeding out the little bits that are still you know around because in order to break that habit is basically just me catching myself in these situations me catching myself taking on other people's energy and then choosing me first and foremost like choosing myself and making sure that one I need to understand if these feelings are even mine and if they are mine then I can do the work for myself to release it if it's something that no longer serves me or improve it if it's something that does serve me but I don't I need to make it clear who like if, if these feelings are mine and if they're not then I, I'm gonna give them back <laughs> give them back to whoever feelings it is and just be there with them from afar but that'll mean taking on everything that they're doing and I've been so good at that like I've been so good at feeling people's feelings not to mention my own trauma and shit that I've been dealing with so um that's what I'm working towards when it comes to being an empath so 
I just thought it was really important to talk about that. I've honestly been wanting to talk about that for a minute. I'm going to also check out Mariam Hasna's video on being an empath a little later today or sometime this week um, if I have time to. I mean, I should because I'll be making accessories and stuff. So I'll probably go ahead and check it out today. I'll be sure to um, include it in the description if you want to check it out for yourselves, if you can relate and you want to break, you know, that old ways of being an empath and, you know, shit like that. Yeah, that's all I want to talk about in this um, podcast episode. I don't want to stay too long because, you know, I got to prepare for, you know, the move and all that fun shit tomorrow. So um, thank you all again for listening and all that fun shit. Be sure to follow Avocado and Honey on all social media platforms at Avocado and Honey. If you're interested in me personally and my cute ass selfies and shit, um, follow me on all social media platforms at underscore Samangie. That's um. S-M-A-N-G-I-E-E. Also be sure to follow at Shell Monies, S-H-E-L-L-M-O-N-I-E-S, where I, you know, offer my beautiful crystallized hair accessories, um, and I'll, you know, Kyrie Shell lock gems, like amethyst hair clips, like all the fly hair accessories for all my spiritual motherfuckers out there. I'm also, you know, still currently working on the merch and shit. I'm like figuring this shit out on my own. I'm trying to find people who I can team up and, you know, who could like help me figure this shit out quicker. But in the meantime, like, you know, I'm just going to continue to do a little bit every day to get this shit out there. But the merch is coming soon, even though I've been talking about it for years. And um, yeah, thank y'all for being on this journey with me. Remember to continue to drink your water so we can continue to grow together. Y'all have a beautiful day.